Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. All right, hey, so welcome here. I'm so glad y'all are here. I'm telling you, um, the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. So we're going to go to the Lord. I got, I got a word from you from heaven. It is one of the most important messages that I ever preach in my life. I have not preached enough about it. And we're, we're entering into a new series today. And this is probably going to last to April, to the end of April. I know we were supposed to do the book of Colossians. But we're going to go in. And, and I, I really want you to hear it with ears. The Bible says, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. And I thank you for this opportunity to serve your people as your pastor, your under-shepherd, as your teacher. And Lord, I thank you. I speak as prophetically um, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I pray none of me but all of you. Satan, I remind you, you are a defeated foe and you have no place in this service. As we talk about what's very important in the, in the, in the, in the lines of the Bible, I pray for supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. Grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. And Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. I thank you for clarity. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to move up and down each aisle, move through every sound waves, and cause people to hear what thus says the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, today we're going to enter into a new series called, I don't even know the name of the series, all right? I think we, we, we decided, um, what's the name? Okay, that's the name of the sermon, but it's something with the confessions, right? Um, you are the prophet of your own life. I think that's the name of the, the, the series. So I am, I am the, prophet the prophet of my own life. Um, and so, with that said, last year, um, Lady Courtney ministered about the confession. She did the confession series, and I think she pre we preached that thing for 16 weeks. Um, it it's online. And so I'm going to pick up where she left off, where some of the ministers and I left off, and we're going to talk more about confession. Uh, this is probably the most important messages, one of the, the, the most important messages I ever taught. I, I, if you fail to execute this, you, you're gonna, you can expect failure in your life. Um, this is so important, and, and I would encourage you to go back and listen to the confession series. She hit confession from a different angle, and I want to tell you this, that um, it's, it's, it's one of those subjects that we must revisit time and time again throughout the scriptures. And so today's message is called The Business of Confession. Everybody say The Business of Confession. <laughs> Satan hates this message and has, taught it, uh, has fought it throughout, the, throughout church history, even today. When it comes to confession, I'm the living proof that confession works if you work it. If Satan could keep your mouth quiet, he would. So I'm going to take my time. I'm going to pace myself to go through the scriptures as we handle the word of God as it relates to confession. So I looked up the word business. As you can imagine, there's a lot of different definitions for the word business. Uh, one definition is one's work or occupation or profession rightful concern or responsibility, a matter, affair, or activity, business, the business of confession. Now, you may ask the question, how many have read the book 
Quantum Faith. Did you get something out of that book? So the rest of y'all have not read that book. You started it. It's a little book. I mean, thank God I didn't um, have the big one. But I got two more books for you today. We're going to hand that out at the end of the service so you won't get distracted. The word confession simply means in the Greek, it means to, to speak the same thing. Everybody said to speak the same thing. Um, homo lego, legoi, something like that. Um, my Greek, I need to work on my Greek. It means to speak the same thing. Homo means same. Lego, lego means to speak. It means to insert or to uh, accord, agree with, um, to confess, to declare, to admit, to declare openly by way of speaking out freely. Such confession being the effect based on deep conviction of facts. So when we talk about confession, we're not just talking about confessing your sins. That is one element of confession, but it also means to speak the same thing that God says, to say the same thing that God says. So when you confess your sins, God calls your, that particular action a sin, so you agree with that by saying that that is a sin. How many know profanity is a sin? Y'all, do I have cussing Christians? Don't raise your hand. Cussing Christians in here. Profanity is a sin. The Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That's in Ephesians. Lying is a sin. Gossiping is a sin. Saying that you're going to be at church at 10 o'clock and show up at 10.05 is a sin because you said that you're going to be there at 10. Um, There are different sins, right? Um, Destroying the body, smoking, overeating, undereating is a sin. Not drinking enough water, not sleeping enough is a sin. Come on. Worrying is a sin. Um, Speaking ill towards your spouse is a sin. So there (laughs) there are different sins. So when we confess our sins, we are agreeing with God. We are agreeing with God. Uh, Matthew 10, verse 32, <clears throat> says this, Confess Christ before men, and Christ will confess us before the Father. So how many know it's important to confess Christ before men? Before your unbelievers, unbelieving friends, to confess it to yourself. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that um, confessing the Lordship of Jesus. All right, um, so here's my definition of confession. It's what you say all the time. It's what you say all the time. There's some that only say what they say in front of the pastor, in front of other believers, but it's what you say all the time. Confession is one of the highest manifestations of faith. Let me say that. This is my definition. Confession is one of the highest manifestations of faith. When you say you have faith, then what you need to be speaking is faith. Faith speaks. Faith is not silent. Faith says what it believes, and the Bible tells us that angels hearken to the voice of his word. And when we say what God says, angels are going on our behalf to work. The Bible also says in Psalm, it says, let the redeemer of the Lord, what, say so. So believers need to say so. Believers need to say some things. Um, The reason why in some believers' lives things are not happening because they're not saying anything. If you're silent, then there will be silence in your life. You need to say some things, um, to declare some things. Um, When you say what you say about your circumstances and what you say about yourself 
must be something ongoing. We must learn how to talk. Many Christians don't know how to talk. They don't know how to talk. They're still talking like the world. And what you say will affect the way you believe, which will affect the way you live. The word confession or profession means the body of, of persons in any call in any such thing as calling or occupation. The Bible says in the King James, it says that Jesus Christ is the high priest of our profession, our profession. And as Christians, our profession, our calling is to say some things. I'm going to show you from scriptures in a minute to say some things. So words are the most important things on the earth. They are spiritual carriers. They will carry either your faith or your fears. What you say really does matter. And the Bible talks about how we're going to be held accountable for every word that comes out of our mouth. So every word that you say on a consistent basis will be, you will be, Stand, you will stand before God based on what you've said. What are we to confess as Christians? I'm glad you asked. The first, um, I put down, we are to confess our sins. How I many know it's important that you confess your sins? Just don't act like you're automatically forgiven. You need to confess some things. Lord, I messed up. Lord, I, I said something or I did something that wasn't pleasing your sight or I had the wrong motives. Um, the confession of, one of the confessions is the spiritual pride. How I many know that? God will judge you quicker on spiritual pride than he does physical or sexual sins. Did you know that? Spiritual pride, being prideful, thinking that you know everything. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that's a sin that we need to guard against, the confession of sin. Then also there's the confession of the lordship of Jesus, the lordship of Jesus, confessing Jesus as Lord. I mean, that's, that's important. You can't get saved without it. If you confess with your what? Who, who, what do you need to confess? The Lord Jesus. So your confession is so important that you got born again by confessing something. And you maintain your salvation by confessing something. And you'll enter to the harbors of heaven by confessing something. So your confession, your mouth got you into the kingdom of God. And your mouth is what's important that's going to get you what you need or appropriate what God has done in Christ for us. So you will never rise above your confession. You'll never rise above your confession. The person that says I can't is, is absolutely right. And the person that says I can is absolutely right. So what you say is what you're going to get. What you say, you remember the little choo-choo train? I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And what he said is what he got. And what you say is what you get. Last year we were carless. Everybody say carless. And I said that we're going to have three cars. And to this day we got three cars. Amen. So what you say is what you're going to get. You need to be saying some things. I say all the time, I'm going to travel around the world. I'm going to all 195 nations. I say that people are going to get saved, filled, and healed, and delivered. I'll cast out devils, heal the sick, I'll raise the dead, and I'll make an eternal impact. They'll still talk about my ministry 100 years after I'm gone. I'll be written in the history books. That's what I say. I say that all the time. I, 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 and, and confession is not so you can say it in front of other people. 
in one sense, I mean, you need to confess the lordship of Jesus, but you need to say what God has placed in your heart privately. It's what you say privately what is what really matters the most. It's not what you say in front of other people. So I'm very careful about what I say, what I'm believing for publicly. I just kind of let you into some things I've said, but, I, 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 but I'm very, I mean, your confession, need, an element of your confession needs to be private of what you believe in God for, because it can come across as being arrogant, and you don't want that. Um, our confession, we need to confess our faith in God's word. We need to say that we believe the word of God. When trials and tribulations come our way, we need to say what God says. Amen? We need to confess the word of God over our lives, our faith. See, the more you confess your faith in God's word, the more that faith is stirred up. Yeah. You, are you with me? The more you talk about fear. I, I was in Boy Scouts, and I remember um, we went on like a, for a whole week, I didn't take a bath or a shower, for a whole week because we were in, we were in, in a river, and we, we went on a canoe for a whole week, and we would stop off in these little um, I don't know, I don't know what they call forests or something, and we would like actually have a little tents, and then we would go out and get sticks, and we had to rub the sticks, and, and, get, and we, we ate berries, and also a group of um, people, they actually went inside of a snake pit. We were around snakes, um, baby snakes, and, and um, the mother was not far away from that, and, 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 and around the, and we would have fire camps, and we would eat, and I mean, and just you know, we were in the country or uh, in the forest, and I did that for a week, and we would sit around the um, campsite, and I mean, the, the campfire, and we would talk, we would have scary stories, and we would talk about different things, and the more we talked about fear, the more fear came, and we felt the presence of fear. The presence of fear was there. The more we talked about fear, the more the reality of fear came in our hearts. Don't you know the more you talk about God and his kingdom, the more real it becomes? Faith, your confession will create reality in your life. Will create reality in your life. So what you say really does matter. You need to confess also what, what God has revealed to you by his spirit. You need to confess those things. You need to confess God as your father. I thank you, Lord, that you are God to the world, but you are God the Father to me. You're God, you're my Father, our Father. You are my Father. And I, I don't care what kind of daddy issues you might have had growing up, God is the ultimate Father. He is the epitome of what a Father is. Are you with me? He's a good, good Father. He is our Heavenly Father. He loves us with the everlasting love. He is Father God to the believer. He's, he's God to the world, and he's Father God to the believer. And you, by the Spirit of God, it says in Romans 8, that, this, that every believer should say, has the Spirit crying out, Abba, Father, Father God. So it's natural for the believer to call God Father. You're my Father. I have your DNA. I'm just like your son. Jesus is not your father. Jesus is your elder brother. <laughs> and he's the prototype of all the children should be like. He's the cornerstone. And if you think about a cornerstone, the cornerstone is, is the stone that every other stone is made like. 
So the Holy Spirit's job is to make you more like your big brother. Why, why, do, we, why do we want to be like Jesus? Because Jesus and the Father have perfect, unhindered fellowship. Fellowship. He's father to the believer. So you need to confess God as your father. Then you need to also confess the holiness of God. One thing in this series, I'm going to really talk about making confessions according to the leadership of the spirit. If you'll start confessing some things and as you confess the word of God, God will begin to lead you by his spirit to what to confess. And I'm telling you, when he reveals to you the plans of God and you start confessing them, oh my, then you're in business. Confession is the business of the believer. Christianity is called the great confession. Everybody say Christianity. It's called, it's called the great confession. Did you know that God does nothing without first speaking it? He does nothing without speaking it first. Before he brought Jesus to the earth, he spoke about Jesus. And the Bible says in the Old Testament that God will do nothing unless he first reveal it to his prophets. Why, was it, why is it important that he reveals it to his prophet? Because his prophets will speak it. He does not move unless we speak. How many know that God has already made provision for the world to be saved? But unless they speak or say the same thing that God says, that Jesus is Lord, that God raised him from the dead, they will not experience the salvation that is already available to them. How many know that when people say, well, Jesus saved me last night, in actuality, it's not that Jesus went on the cross and saved them last night. What happened is they received what Jesus did over 2,000 years ago last night. So our job is to get people to receive what God has already done for them in Christ. So we're not trying to get Jesus to save somebody. We're not trying to get Jesus to heal somebody. Healing is already provided for. Peace is already provided for. It's about us receiving. And how do you receive it? Through your mouth. Next week, we're going to talk about the mouth, the master key to life. So confession. Everything about God and Christianity is, is the business of confession. How many know that God is a speaking God? He speaks. He's not a God. Notice that in many other religions, you have um, idols or you have pictures or you have signs you, you know, people, you know, I, I, it cracks me up. People say, what's your sign? <laughs> um, my sign is the cross. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't, I, I mean, I don't, I don't take, I don't really look at those things. I don't look at horoscopes and you shouldn't either. That should not predict you, predict your future. That, that's dabbing or something you don't want to invite into your life. So you can basically, you, sh you should understand that Christianity is a, is a, is a religion that and somebody said, it's a relationship. Yes, it's a relationship, but it's a living religion. It's a living re relationship, right? Um, religion is not a bad term. I know Kurt Franklin wrote, a, um, wrote some songs or wrote an album, um, you know, basically get rid of, uh, help me lose my religion. I understand what they're saying. They're talking about the traditions of men. But I, I don't want to, but James talks about pure religion. So what do we do? We just throw away the word religion just because some people have made it bad? There is a pure religion. There is a re religion that turns into a relationship in Christ, and that's what Christianity. Religion in traditional sense is man's search for God. Christianity is God's search for man. And so um, Christianity is not a religion that has signs. Yes, we believe in signs and wonders. What I'm talking about, like, 
there is a sign, like even the cross. We've made the cross into something that was never meant to be. And really, if you look back in history, the cross wasn't even like that. It was more like a T. <laughs> that kind of throws that. Uh, uh, well, some say that, but some say T too. So who do we go with? <laughs> Our favorite theologian. All right. Um, so the like, oh, oh, you got to take that down. No, we ain't taking that down. <laughs> but but you understand what, what we're trying to say. And some look at, at different signs. But Christianity is a speaking religion. From the beginning, God spoke. All right. Let's take a look at this. Um, well, before we do, let's let's go to John one one. John one one. You should be familiar with that. I'm not going to keep you long. John 1.1. 1, 1. The business of confession. We need to confess some things. Amen? Amen. We need to say what God says. In the beginning um, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we see here talking about the logos, which is the Word. Um, the, uh, that Word right there, there's the rhema, and then there's the logos. So in the beginning was the logos. And the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. All right, so it's speaking of Jesus. But notice it began with the Word. It began with the Word. So your Word has a lot to do. God is a speaking God. He speaks. And in Hebrews chapter 1, it says that he's spoken to us through his Son, Jesus Christ. Now go with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. He speaks. In the beginning was the Word. All right, here we go. Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Notice it talks about the Spirit of God waiting over the face of the waters. And then it says in verse 3, And God said, and as you read this verse, this chapter, this narrative, you'll see that God, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. Notice even in the midst of a... a, a um, voidness, in the midst of darkness, in the midst of a place without form, the Spirit of God was there. You may be going through some dark times in your life, but the Spirit of God is there. You may be going through a time in which there is a voidness. The Spirit of God is there. But notice that the Spirit of God, even though he was there, he did not do anything unless something was spoken. The Spirit of God is ready to do some things in your life, but unless you speak, He's not going to do it. He wants to hear chapters and verse, verses. You speak some things, and it releases the power of God in your life. It activates the Spirit of God. And notice, we got saved through words, right? We heard the good news, and we believed it and acted upon it and confessed it. And the same way it is with every other element in which God has provided for us. So, and, and here, we can look at Genesis 1. We can see that God created the world. Through the words that he spoke, and he's actually modeling for us how to create our world. That's good news. I'm telling you, that, that, if you can get that, it'll change everything. God is modeling for the believer how to create their world. That's good news, right? You and I live in a world, right? We live in the world, and then we live in our world. Now, my world, our different worlds, right, is not going to be dominant. It's just part of the world. And God has made us stewards over our world. And so we need to create our world like God created his world. God is not afraid of us creating a planet. When you get enough faith to do so, let me know. I'm talking about creating your world. 
How do you, how many know that you, you can, it's what you say to your children is what they'll become. You need to say, you will be somebody. You will marry the right person. You will have beautiful kids. And you will be successful. And you'll never lack money. And you, you can do whatever you put your mind to, whatever God has graced you to do. You can't be everything that you want to be, but you can be what God designed you to be. Come on. You, your words will create something in children, or it will destroy something in children. The words that you put inside of your child will continue to grow or be defeated, cause them to be defeat, defeated. So how, how many know that we need to create our, we, we need to put some things in our children? Or if you're a teacher, you need to put some things in your students. Or you're working, your co-workers, put some things. Be a, a source of encouragement. Be a source of life. Um, the other day, one of my co-workers, he, he's like a mentor from, um, um, mentor in, in the job. He's been at the job 29 years. I've only been at the job a year, and, and he actually, you know, is trying to help me with stuff. It's a totally different field than I'm used to. I'm used to teaching kids and teaching adults uh, from 16 to 30, 65. And so here I am, um, a bunch of bun uh, about, around a bunch of vows, and, and, and so he's, he's training me, he's, he's encouraging me, he's um, kicking me in my butt and telling me, you, he's yelling at me. Uh, that's just the way he does things, and it's loud in there anyway. And so um, the other day he says, oh, I'll probably not retire. I'll probably die. I'll probably die from this job. I'll probably die on the job. And I said, don't say that. Well, the next day he went home driving, and he fell asleep and almost died. You have what you say. Listen, I'm telling you, if you speak, if you, if you wanted to, some people say, I'll never live to be over the 50. Well, guess what? They, if, if they'll keep saying that, eventually they'll believe it and they'll, they'll not see 50. You'll have what you say. And so I, I, I'm constantly encouraging my kids to always speak life. And listen, if you'll listen to people, you can locate them. People will tell on themselves every single time. You know, you want people, you know people say, oh, you don't know my heart. How many heard that? Well, I do know your heart if I listen to your words. Keep talking. <laughs> Because what's, what's inside of you is going to come out. Whatever you're full of is going to come out. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Let's go there. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Thank you, Jesus. Are you getting anything out of this? The business of confession is what you say every, time, every day. It's what you say all the time. See, we make our confessions, and, and I, I can imagine the church thought I was crazy. That confession is 10 minutes long, and we just added something else to the confession <laughs> today. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, people think we were crazy, and we just start confessing it. We start speaking to some things. And I'm telling you, if you speak to some things, some things will, ha things will happen. There's some mountains that need to move. But you got to speak to the mountains. Somebody, some people are waiting for God to move the mountain. And God is waiting for you to open your mouth and speak to it. Speak to it. I, I never forget, I was, in, um, I was not in prison for prison's sake. I was in doing ministry in prison. And there was a guy who got shot behind his ear seven times. And I spoke to his ears and commanded them to open. And the Spirit of God moved on my words and his ears opened. <laughs> and one time I was in the hospital, not in the hospital, but working at a hospital. And a lady, I was taking a young lady, she was about 65, taking this young lady down to the, um, 
to dialysis, did not know much about dialysis. I thought it was for AIDS victims. I was just like, what is this? The blood is coming out. I'm like, dang, they got AIDS. I can't believe this. They got HIV. I mean, I, I was totally ignorant. I was like, yo, dialysis is serious. Oh, God, I'm going to keep myself. I mean, I'm telling you, tell you what was going through my mind. And so, um, so we, they, I'm taking her to dialysis. And, 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 I was, and so I said, can I pray for you, ma'am? She said, yes, say yes, young man, you can pray. And I, I prayed for her. As I was walking, as I was pushing her down, I was transporting I was pushing her down, and I said, Father God, I lift up this young lady before you, and I, I, and I thank you that Jesus has provided healing for her body, and I speak to her kidneys. Kidneys in the name of Jesus. I, I'm doing it like under my breath or with authority. In Jesus' name, I command these kidneys to kick in in Jesus' name, and I thank you, Lord. There's power in your word, and I speak your word in Jesus' name. And, and, and so I dropped her off, did not see her later on. Two days later, her kidney kicks in. Two days late, kicked right in. And I asked the doctor, said, and she didn't, she didn't know how to find me, so she contacted my church, says, hey, the young man called, a young black man, um, um, pray for my kidneys, and now my kidneys are working. Please let him know that Jesus answered his prayer. You got to speak to some things. Listen, devils will not leave if you don't speak to them. You got to say, devil, go in Jesus' name. You got to tell sickness and disease to go in Jesus' name. You got to tell money to come to you in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, you have what you say. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. By faith, we understand that the world or the universe was created by what? The word of God. Notice that the Bible is called the word of God. The word of God. That means that it's really the Bible is the mouth of God. God is speaking some things. The Bible is God speaking to us. And so the world or the universe was created by the word of God. So that which is seen was not made out of things that are visible. The things that we see are made out of things that are invisible. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. Let's go there real quick. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, it says this, Therefore, be imitators of God as what? Beloved children. So we're to imitate God by speaking to our world, by creating our world. Y'all see this? Notice some people say, oh, PD, you always try to be like God. Well, what's the alternative? Be like the devil? I mean, I'm speaking to some things. I'm telling you, I got a little book. I got confessions all over, all over my house, all over my books, all over my com computer, and, and a little book, and I just confess. Just say this. I'll be saying stuff. I, I, my wife could tell you, I, I'll be doing number two in the bathroom for 30 minutes confessing, making a long confession. I thank you, Lord. I call um, um, zero balance on Amazon, I mean, um, American Express in Jesus' name. I call zero balance on this mortgage in Jesus' name. I thank you. Call zero balance on the car payments in Jesus' name. Zero balance for Naviant in Jesus' name. Sally May in Jesus' name. I call zero balance. I thank you, Lord, that you give me power to get wealth, to establish your covenant upon the earth. I thank you, Father, for either forgiveness or the ability to pay it off. Yay! In Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm telling you, you have the authority. And the devil's afraid of you using your authority. Some Christians are waiting for God to do something and God is waiting for them to do something. Yeah. Amen. Amen. If you say some things, some things will start happening. Amen. Amen. So here we see God modeling for us, and he created his world through the words of his mouth, and we create our world through the words of our mouth. Words reveal what's inside of us. 
If you can say you, if you say you can, then you're telling the truth. If you say you can't, you, you're telling the truth also. Words are carriers. They're transmitters. You can be having a great day and let somebody say something yeah. to you. And it could just bring fear. I know I'm preaching better than you saying amen. amen. I'm telling you, people can say words. Let a parent or somebody you respect say something and just, oh, man. Oh, man. And you'll be down for the next century. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? You can if you allow that. But it's not what God says about you. It's not what other people say about you. It's what you say about you. Do you know that your words have more weight in your life than God's words has over your life? It's what you say. Either you can agree with God or disagree with God. Your words carry more weight than anybody else. So if you agree with God, then his word will dominate your life. If you disagree with God, the words of the devil will dominate. Um, so words are transmitters. They carry, they carry weight. Words. This is one reason I don't use profanity. Young man asked me, why don't you use profanity? I said, because I believe in the power of my words. So I don't go around saying F in you because I don't want to F in you. Right? So I don't use those words. That, that's coming from a place of violence and destruction. Sounds like rape to me. I mean, sounds like some prison terms. Come on. I, like, we, we don't need to use those words. It doesn't matter how mad we get. We, we're, we walk, we're people of faith, and we walk by faith and not by sight, not by emotions. And if every time you use words, I mean, you just speak on what's on your mind. God never tells us to, tell, to speak our minds. He tells us to speak the mind of Christ. So Christians shouldn't use words. Put away from your mouth profane words. As God's people, we should never use the N-word or words that would um, bring, you know, the, the F-word as it relates to people in um, lesbian and, and, and um, homosexuality lifestyle. We should never use those words. What are you saying? What are you saying to your children? Amen. We need to speak some words. Let's go real quick. My time is slipping away. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I remember one time I was praying for one of my cousins, and I was trying to um, lead her into the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, and she kept hearing cuss words. She was a cusser. <laughs> I mean, she cussed all the time. And uh, she used the F word all the time. And, I, and, and, and she was over the phone, and she, she like, I, can't, I, just, I just can't seem to receive. I just can't. And like, every time I think about God, I, I, I think cuss words. And I said, that's a devil. <laughs> and so I was on the phone. I said, in the name of Jesus, I take authority of this cussing devil. I command you to go for my cousin in Jesus' name. And she said, it lifted, and she was able to receive the baptism. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. What makes a person cuss? It's the devil. It's not God. God's not going to lead you to cuss. Right? What's, what's, you, what's allowing or what's motivating you to speak words that are not consistent with his will? Romans 8, verse 1 and 2, it says, therefore thou, there, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free um, in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. I, I just quoted from KG, King James Version as well as ESV. And so there are two laws. Everybody say two laws. There's the law of, the, of, of life in Christ Jesus, the law of the, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and then there's the law of sin and death. There's two laws that are in this world. The law of, of spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which is Zoe, which is 
um, John chapter 10, the abundant life. I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. And then there's the law of sin and death. And you can employ which law that you're going to be under based on your words. You know, a lot of times people talk about generational curses. And really it's generational talking. Generational confession. Well, my mom had diabetes, so you don't have to. I'm not going to agree with my line. I'm going, my line says that I should be dead at 27. My line says I should have multiple kids by different women. But I don't agree with that. So don't allow generational curses to dominate you. So the law of life in Christ Jesus, or the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, or the law of sin and death. Your words connect you to the one of the two laws, and you employ either the life of God in Christ or the death cycle that is released through the first Adam. How I many of the curse is real? But so it's the blessing. So it's blessing and cursing. The curse and the, and the blessing. I don't know about you, but I want to employ the blessing. I, my words will connect me to the blessing or the curse. I, I want to talk, I want to be connected to the blessing. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, it lists the list of blessing and a list of curses. And the Bible says that um, I'm blessed in the city and blessed in the field, blessed going in, blessed going out. That's what I should be saying. Everywhere I go, I bless, I'm, I'm, there's a blessing. The blessings of the Lord makes me rich and has no sorrow with it. So there's no sorrow with the blessings of God. The blessings of God chase me down and overtakes me. One lady was saying that all the time. The blessings of the Lord chased me down, overtaking. And, and she was somewhere, and somebody was chasing her. She thought they were after her. And really, somebody wanted to bless her with some money. She was just confessing all the time. The blessing of the Lord chased me down and overtakes me. Amen. And the Bible says in Psalm 23, it says, Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. What's following you? Goodness and mercy. Those two angels, goodness and mercy, they're following me everywhere I go. Amen. Uh, confession, the business of confession, it is the Christian's duty to confess the word of God daily. Um, go with me to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. This is a familiar verse, verses, Proverbs chapter 18. We're talking about the business of confession. You know, people like to, oh, use some name and claim it. Some blab it and grab it. Yeah, I am. I'm going to grab everything that God has for me. I'm confess everything that God has for me. I'm going to claim it, all the blessings of God. I'm telling you there are, there are over 6,000 promises in the Bible. And very, very few Christians walk in just a small percentage. They, they walk in a small percentage of that. But how many know that we should walk in all of it? Verse 20 and 21. It's from the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits and so you have the ability to speak life or death I don't know about you but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak death to those things that need to die and I'm gonna speak life to those things that need to live um, there's a scripture in some it talks about I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord you should get up and say I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord the number of my days I will fulfill and the Bible says that your days under the blessing the days of man should be 120. Mm -hmm. I'm going to live to be 120 with all my teeth. With my full brain, mind working. With no diabetes, no cancer. Amen. 
That's what you got to, don't wait till you get old to start confessing it, older, but start confessing right now. There's an 84-year-old man preaching like he's 40 years old, traveling the world, can preach six hours straight with no sweat. He eats right and he confesses the word. I think I want to be like that. And he's, he's a millionaire. He's a millionaire. And he started out broke, busted, and disgusted. And the Lord led him by his property, and, and there was an oil well on the property. And he goes to South America, and he'll preach to a bunch of people, and he'll feed them for a whole week, fill their um, um, house with groceries for a whole week, and preach the gospel to them. I think that's the way God wants us to live. I'm telling you, the other day, it came in my heart. I says, Let's, why not believe for an airplane? Why? Why, why do I have to wait to a mega in order to, because if you're not mega inside, you won't be mega later. You got to be mega first. You got to be rich first inside before you rich on the outside. I don't have any problems with believers and preachers having planes. People upset about that. But the world, like you got people, um, sex trafficking and, and drugs and flying American gangster kind of people flying in drugs and so forth. Why can't we fly in the gospel? Why can't we give a bunch of Bibles out and go into countries and invade them? Oh, my time is up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, I mean, why, why can't we do that? I mean, only the devil doesn't want a preacher to have a plane. <laughs> well, we don't want you to have a plane. Uh, you're living off the people. I mean, what, what pleasure is to be in a plane to just fly overseas just because? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We got, we're on a mission. And it's easier when you have your own plane. You know, I mean, I hate, one of the reasons I hate flying is going through the security. I mean, you got to go through security if you have your own plane, but you know, like, you don't have to, all that other stuff, like, come on, like, let me just get on a plane, go do what God says and come back home <laughs> when I want to, not on your time. All right. Uh, Y'all going to believe with me? Amen. Well, plane, plane, God, is in my heart. I'm like, God, this is crazy. I can't believe I, I, this desire. Um, here we go. Um, what, what scripture did I tell you to go to? You're still in Proverbs, right? right? Death and life are in the power. Go to my last scripture. It's Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Dear Lord. Um, the other day we had an emergency at the house, and we had a, well, last night uh, we had a, a flood. <laughs> um, like, um, you know, the, I, I was trying to fix this bathtub for like the last three weeks. And uh, YouTube, Coke, I use Coke, you know, Coca-Cola, you know. It did help a little bit. It did help. I, it's, it's true to it. So I use Coke. I was like, yo, it's working, it's working. And then it stopped. <laughs> um, and a drainer, which is, I heard later on, is not good for the drains. <laughs> they didn't tell me that. Well, you tried to tell me, but I ignored that. <laughs> and, uh, and so we called the plumber. The plumber came. And... Um, and so he ended up fixing it, um, and, and, but it was related to the toilet and so forth, and he did that. And uh, we were able, I, I, I'm just saying this, I was at the beginning, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, because water started like coming down. And I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I'm like, I can speak to it. And so I just like, asked for wisdom. I said, Lord, give me wisdom. And I, and I look up, yep, I looked on Yep and found this company that wasn't too far and called them. And then I called one of the um, friends of the ministry. I said, hey, you know, I know you're a handyman. Can you come down? He couldn't come down. And so I'm praying for wisdom. And the Lord led this young man. He's 21 years old, working in plumbing. And he came to the house. And I, I ended up blessing him with some tea, Tivana. And Courtney made, made some um, meatless din dinner for him because he didn't eat meat. And um, I gave him a Bible and new birth book. And I believe in God for 
but but I'm just saying all that that God will lead you. And I, I just I didn't just I didn't curse the house. I said, Lord, I thank you. We're tithers and we have tithers right. This house will not break down until we get the money to fix stuff. I thank you, Lord. You have sustained this by the power of my word. Amen. This house is blessed. And, you know, don't just sit back and let stuff break down. I'm not under the curse. <laughs> I'm under the blessing. And so this house is blessed. Sometimes, you know, we talk to stuff all the time, but we say the wrong stuff. This dumb car, this, this dumb, you know, this dumb house, and it's just falling. I mean, one time um, Courtney got mad. We were living in a little condo, and she's like, this house is, um, you, you mad. You, you cursed it. And when she slammed the thing, the things start, things start breaking. I'm like, oh, my goodness. What are you doing? It's like, I just want to get out of here. And she's like, this, this is a, it's falling apart. And as soon as she did that stuff start falling apart <laughs> right am I lying I'm not lying I'm telling you and I was like yo we got to bless this you know and so when she saw that um saw what was going on when she came home she was like oh god oh Jesus oh oh I do it I do I'm like no don't say that I don't need you to say that this house is blessed it's blessed <laughs> and the Lord sent this young man 21 years old came to the house, we ended up blessing him with some food and some tea and a Bible and, you know, and, and a mini book to get saved. He's like, yo, I'm going to stay in contact with you. Yes, you will get saved. But I'm telling you, you got to speak some things. We speak to our cars at times. We speak to our laptop, this dumb laptop. No, you're blessed. You will continue to work until I can, when God empowers me to buy a brand new one. <laughs> Amen. I'm a tither. I got tithing rights. <laughs> Lord, I thank you, Lord. You know, it talks about, you know, our, our, you know, things not breaking down and God making a difference between the tither and the non-tither. God, I thank you for making a difference. You sustain us in famine. I don't deny the sickness. I deny its ability to work in my life. I don't deny the poverty. I deny its reign over my life as a believer. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 30, real quick, verse 15. Um, it says this, see, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and what? Evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're entering to take possession of. But if you turn your heart, or if your heart turns away and you will not hear but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them. I declare to you today that you shall surely, you shall surely perish. You should not live long in the land that you're going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you what? Life and death, blessing and y'all. Y'all see this? This is Romans eight and one and two, right? Um, the light, the life. The law of life or the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus or the law of sin and death. Life and death are blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. Loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, holding fast to him. For he is your life, your length of days, and you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to, to give them. So notice this. God says, I set before you death and life, blessing and cursing. He's such a good God, he turns around, choose life. So he sets before us life and death, and he turns around and tells us what to choose. That's a good God. He says, you know, in other words, if I were you, I would choose life. I set before you death and life, and death and life are in the power of the what? So my tongue has, has something to do with what I choose. 
So I choose life. I speak life to my body. Body, you will operate according to the will of God. Body, I command my hair to grow in Jesus' name. I mean, y'all think I'm playing. I'm going to have an afro one day. <laughs> I am. I'm a, if whether this life or the life to come, I'm going to have a, a black afro, not no gray afro. <laughs> I'm sorry. Amen. All right, real quick. All right, I just want to give you some practical steps. Real quick, why do people say that confession doesn't work? I'm glad you asked. Why do people say that confession doesn't work or don't work? Why? why? Okay. Um, first, let me tell you this. This week, your homework is to listen to yourself and others around you. Take the whole week, and I want to listen. Every, what you say, when things don't go right, what are you saying? When things are going right, what are you saying? All right? And then I want you to listen to other people. Do not be the confession cop. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm tempted to always correcting people, right? <laughs> um, but don't be the confession cop unless it's your spouse or your kids. <laughs> and, and so if my wife says something like crazy, oh, we're just going to die. We have what you say. Not that you're going to say that. Not that you said that. Anyway. Oh, we're going to die. I get, you have what you say. You're going to die. <laughs> you know, no, not, you know what I'm saying. All right. All right. The bad example. Scratch that. <laughs> Delete that from the tape. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Homework assignment. Listen to yourself and listen to others. All right, real quick. Why, why do people say that it doesn't work? Okay. The first one I wrote down is they're liars. Liars. They don't believe their own words. So when you lie, you come to a place that you don't believe what you're saying. So if you can't believe, if you don't believe your own self, then it's not going to work for you. So one reason why it's hard for people who lie to believe God is because they don't believe their own self. Because they think that God, do you even know, have you noticed that people think that liars are just like them? Because they lie all the time, they think everybody else is lying. So it's hard for them to believe God. So one reason why they say that confession doesn't work is because they themselves are liars. The second is they're double-minded. They say one thing and they say another. They say one thing in prayer and another when they're with people or even by themselves. They say one thing in front of the pastor, I'm here by the stripes of Jesus. And then when they're by themselves, oh, I'm going to die. This thing going to take me out. Double-minded. And we know from James 1 that a double-minded person does not receive anything from the Lord. My third one is laziness. Laziness. Proverbs 10 verse 4 says, the, the, the hand of the diligent maketh rich. So sometimes what it is is that people are lazy in their confession. It's hard to say these things all the time. It's not as easy. It's easy to say when we're in church. I'm healed. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. And you're home and pain is hitting your body. Oh, God. Oh, God, please help me. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm just going to die. Or depression hits you. You know, uh, thoughts of suicide. It's easier to say what you're feeling when you don't feel like it. So it's laziness. They, they're lazy. They don't say it all the time. You know, Jesus cursed the fig tree and took 24 hours for the manifestation. I believe that God wants us to be at that place. When we will say something in 24 hours, it'll happen. We can become proficient in our confession. 
So most of us are not. When you say something, I'm telling you, you believe you receive, say the prayer of faith, and, or you say a confession, and it happens like that. There was one guy, he would believe God for some money. He would make his confession, and within like 12 hours, the money would show up. And it happened again and again and again and again and again and again and again. I want to be proficient in my confession. Um, the, le- the next one is disobedience. Partial disobedience isn't enough. Or partial obedience isn't enough. You must be obedient in all the areas. Be willing to, to change. So how can you expect, the reason why people say confession doesn't work is because they're disobedient in some area of their life. And then my last is a lack of execution at the promptings of the Holy Spirit. A lack of execution. They don't do what is necessary, therefore they forfeit their confession. Confession moves us into a place to receive from God. But how many of your confession will also release the spirit to lead you to do some things in the natural? That's the part that people are missing. They make these wonderful confessions. Lord, I thank you. I'm, I'm free from diabetes in Jesus' name. But then they go and eat all the carbs they want, their heart's desires, or eat all the sugars. How Now, you just nullify your confession by doing the opposite. I'm believing God. I call myself debt-free in Jesus' name. I have plenty more to put in store. But yet, they're charging up their credit cards. They're spending all that they have. So how can, they, how can God honor that when their, behaviors are, their behavior is saying something opposite? So the lack of action. So if you'll confess something long enough, what will happen is the Spirit of God will lead you what to do what to do naturally. So this confession is not some magical affirmation, but the confession, it it actually moves you to a place to do what you need to do naturally. God will lead you what not to eat, lead you where to live. I'm believing for a house. But if you don't ever go look for a house, you'll never get the house. Right? If you never, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to do some natural. I believe in God for a job. I believe I receive. I thank you, Lord, for a job. I call myself, I got a job. I got a job in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. And 20 years from now, you'll still be saying, I got a job. I got a job. I got a job. You got to go apply for a job. You got to have a presentable resume for a job. Come on. And you got to do well on the interview. If you go, I believe God got this job, they're going to look at you and say, peace out. You're not hiring you. I don't care how much you confess. How many of you got to do some things naturally? Amen. There's a book called Knock Them Dead, and it tells you questions to ask on an interview, how to present your resume. What jo- I mean, you know, most of the jobs that we see are not really all the jobs there is. And so it's really no, it, really, it really is who you know. And you get connected to the right people, so you got a network, and sometimes that connects you to the right job that you didn't even know was on the market that is not on Indeed. All jobs are not on Indeed.com, by the way. You do understand that, right? The good jobs are not on Indeed. And sometimes they keep it in the family. They tell their nephew, tell their cousin, tell their grandson, and it goes on for years. The job that I have, the company I work for, for years, they t- they've been telling their grandkids. The, little, the guy who just got hired, his dad worked there for 30 years. They just recycle. <laughs> just tell everybody in their family. And all the other people, are, by the time they put it out, it's already filled. So by the time the job gets out on the website, they already got somebody else in mind. So you got to be smart. You got to do what you got to do naturally. You got to be presentable at the interview. You can't just come in like, yo, what's up, what's up? Ah. 
<laughs> I know you're going to get this job because I have what I say, and they're going to look at you crazy, and you won't get the job. You know, I believe God for favor with this girl. Okay, so what do you got to present? What do you got to come, what are you coming to with her with? Uh, you know, the Lord is good. It's not enough because you love the Lord. It's enough to get married. Don't marry somebody because they love the Lord. You can, you can get married to a bluebird. <laughs> they love the Lord too. You know what I'm saying? It's not enough to get married because you love the Lord. That doesn't qualify. Let's, are we going in the same direction? Do you believe in tithing? Do you believe in healing? Do you believe in the Trinity? Come on. Like, do you believe in heaven or hell? Do you, you know, how do you raise your children? Let me look at your parents. What's your last girlfriend say? What's your last boyfriend say? Did you beat them? Did you stab? You know what I'm saying? Like, I need to know. Give me a record that I can interview these people that you dated. And I need everybody to weigh on in this. Come meet my pastor and his wife. <laughs> Lack of execution at the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You got to do what's necessary. So these confession is not some magical thing that we just say, I'm making affirmation. No, I, I don't believe in affirmation. I believe in confession the word. It's not just what I say. Generally, I'm going to have a thousand oil wells. <laughs> okay, that's really, I mean, you can't believe God for a half a oil well, you ain't going to get a thousand. <laughs> you do understand it, right? I'm believing for a million dollars. Let, I'm believing to be totally out of debt, and your debt is over $200,000. Let's first believe God for a for $50 debt. <laughs> right? And, and let's see how faithful you are instead of going to the movies and you're paying off that $50 debt. Yes, Lord. And as you're faithful in the little, he'll make you rule over much. If you're faithful over the rent, he'll give you a mortgage. And as you're faithful over that mortgage, he'll give you another house and another house. Come on. It doesn't happen overnight. This is not something we're talking about, some magical Christianity. We're talking about work. It's going to cost you some work. And confessing the word is work. You come, you go in there, oh, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I'm healed in the name. We, young, we got a little boy, two years old, who wasn't eating, underweight. And my wife said, we're going to start confessing the word. Now he got a voracious appetite. I don't want to be too big now. <laughs> but how me know? Start speaking that. In the name of Jesus, you're redeemed from the curse of all allergies, seasonal allergies in the name of Jesus. In the meantime, you take the medicine, and you don't expose your kid to the thing that they are allergic to because you don't want to kill them, right? And that's what people lack. They lack common sense. Oh, the Lord told me, oh, shut up what the Lord says. What are you doing naturally? I just going to believe God. Let me take the glasses, and you're walking home blind. <laughs> you know, I'm preaching. Like, people are, like, they, they, they just leave their brain at the door in the, in the name of confession. I remember at the school that I went to, and they were writing faith checks. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to write this check and believe God for the money to get in before the check clears. And guess what? They'll go to jail. We'll, we'll have somewhere to visit. I'm not going to take my, take my diabetes um, medicine. And so, so instead of not taking the diabetes medicine, we might have somewhere to go in a couple months, right? Because you didn't do what you need to do naturally. Why are you taking the diabetes medicine? By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Why are you getting a third, you know, in counseling and getting help naturally? Hey, come on. You got to do the natural. And when you do the natural, God will put a super on your natural. Amen. Amen. I just said a whole lot. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. May we rise up and make, we make the business of confession our duty. May we say some things over ourselves and our children.
In Jesus' name. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.